American Variety Network on Blog Talk Radio with Alex Cardinale. Cardinale. Live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Hello and good Wednesday evening, everyone. Welcome to Weekly News Hour here live on American Variety Network. I'm your host, Alex Cardinale. What is in the news this week? Well, find out tonight as I recap some of the biggest news stories of this week. Some of our news stories will include North Korea sentencing American student to 15 years of hard labor, the current politic news, and the latest in sports and also weather around the country. All of that, plus, I will start this show with today in history. Hopefully, you will all enjoy this show and listen to it all the way through. You're welcomed to interact with any of the news I give out by either calling in at 1-347-989-8142 or posting in the live you are tuned into the weekly news hour. Alex is going to recap the latest in this week's current news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Plus, he will take a blast from the past, and we will all learn about this day in history. So let's get this news station started. The news hour is ready for blast off, starting now. get this show started right now. We're going to start this show with Today in History. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, the 76th day of 2016. There are 290 days left in the year. On this date, in 1751, James Madison, the fourth president of the United States, was born in Port Conway, Virginia. In 1802, President Thomas Jefferson signed a measure authorizing the establishment of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, New York. In 1850, Nathaniel Hawthorne's novel, The Scarlet Letter, was first 
published. In 1945, during World War II, American forces declared they had secured Iwa Jima, although pockets of Japanese resistance remained. In 1991, a plane carrying seven members of country singer Reba McIntyre's band and her tour manager crashed into Otoy Mountain in Southern California, killing all on board. U.S. skaters Christy Yamaguchi, Tony Harding, and Nancy Kerrigan swept the World Figure Skating Championships in Munich, Germany. In 2003, American activist Rachel Corey, 23 years old, was crushed to death by an Israeli military bulldozer while trying to block demolition of a Palestinian home in the Gaza Strip. Ten years ago, Iraq Parliament met briefly for the first time. Lawmakers took the oath but did no business and adjourned after just 40 minutes, unable to agree on a speaker, let alone a prime minister. The Senate nearly passed a $2.8 trillion election year budget blueprint. Five years ago, Pakistanian abruptly freed CIA contractor Raymond Allen Davis, who had shot and killed two men in a gunfight in Lahore after a deal was reached to pay $2.34 million to the men's families. One year ago, Los Angeles prosecutors filed a first-degree murder charge against real estate heir Robert Durst in the killing of his friend Susan Berman, who had acted as Durst's spokeswoman after his wife, Kathleen, disappeared in 1982. Today's birthdays. Country singer Ray Walker is 82 years old. Game show host Chuck Woolery is 75. Singer-songwriter Jerry Jeff Walker is 74. Country singer Robin Williams is 69 years old. Actor Eric Estrada is 67 years old. Actor Victor Garba is 67. Actress Kate Nelligan is 65. Country singer Ray Benson, a sweep at the wheel, is 65. Actor Clifton Powell is 60. Rock musician Jimmy DeGrasso is 53. Actor Jerome Flynn is 53. Folk singer Patty Griffin is 52. Actor Tim Kane is 43. Rhythm and blues singer Blue Cantrell is 40. Actress Brooke Barnes, or excuse me, Brooke Burns is 38. Actress Alexandria Denario is 30. Rhythm and blues singer Jean Accio is 28. And rock musician Wolfgang Van Heeling is 25 years old. Those are all of the famous people who are celebrating a birthday 
I would like to take this time to wish all of my listeners who are celebrating a birthday today, happy birthday. So if you have a birthday on March 16th, I would like to wish you a happy birthday. Or if you have a birthday this week, I would like to wish you a happy birthday as well. Two members of my family celebrate a birthday this week. I would like to say happy birthday to my Aunt Cheryl, who celebrated her birthday yesterday. And I would like to say happy birthday to my brother Jimmy, who celebrates his his birthday on uh, Friday. So happy birthday to Cheryl and Jimmy. And once again, happy birthday to all of my listeners out there with a birthday this week. And here's the thought for today. No man for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the true. From the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. American author, 1804, he was born and he died in 1864. All right, so let's get right to the news. Jared Fogle, beaten and bloodied in prison yard ambush by older inmates. Jared Fogle's time in prison continues to go even more horribly than an average stint behind bars. Not only has the convicted pedophile reportedly gained lots of weight during a short time on the inside, but he was also allegedly beaten to a bloody pulp by a fellow inmate in a yard brawl. A fellow convict named Stephen Nigg, who is 60 years old, started a fight with Subway's former pinch man on January 29th, pushing him to the ground and then unloading a barrage of punches to his face, TMZ reports. The 38-year-old was left with a swollen face, bloody nose, and lacerations all over his neck. His attacker, despite his age, reportedly only came out with a small cut on his left hand from serving up the vicious beating. The older man is in prison for a weapons charge and made the first attack because he has major issues with child molesters like Jared. Stephen's family isn't even surprised by the incident and says he was miffed about how many underage sex predators are housed in Colorado's Englewood Federal Prison. Fogel just happened to be the last straw. Stephen was put in solitary confinement for his bad behavior while we're sure Jared turned to an entire box of honey buns for comfort. That was the first news story, and uh, I'm actually glad that the pedophile got his ass beat by that guy. All right, 
on to our next news story here. And this one is a little interesting, to say the least. North Korea sentences U.S. student to 15 years of hard labor. What started out as a budget tour to North Korea's capital has stretched into an extended stay for 21-year-old University of Virginia student Odo Warmber. State media report that North Korea's highest court convicted Warmber of subversion and sentenced him to 15 years of prison and hard labor. The offense, according to an appropriate confession, Warm Barrier tried to steal a propaganda poster from his hotel. North Korea's sentencing of Odeo Warm Barrier to 15 years hard labor for a college-style prank is outrageous and shocking, said Phil Robertson, Deputy Asian Director for Human Rights Watch, in a statement. Pinyang should recognize this student's self-admitted mistake as a misdemeanor offense that it would be in most countries. Release him on humanitarian grounds and send him home. Odo Frederick Warmberia, 21, arrives at the People's Cultural House in Penyang, North Korea, where he asked forgiveness in front of the media on Monday. Warm Barrier was detained in early January while attempting to depart Pinyang Suning International Airport. North Korea did not make his detention public until February as the United States was taking the lead in pushing for tough sanctions following Norris's forced nuclear test and long-range rocket launch. It was unclear for several weeks following his attention who got Warm Barrier in trouble in North Korea. But on February 29th, the Ohio native was parted in front of cameras and diplomats in Pyongyang, where he read a confession and public apology. That's a weird name for a city in North Korea, Pyongyang. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but who cares? On camera... Warren Beria said he stole the propaganda poster on behalf of a member of the Friendship United Methodist Church in Wyoming, Ohio, who wanted it as a trophy. In exchange, he received a used car worth $10,000. Video also showed Warren Barrier pleading for his release and breaking down in tears, calling the incident the worst mistake of his life. Previous American detainees have recanted their confessions following their release, saying they were made under duress and detailed how North Korean officials carefully orchestrated the events. 
war barrier is one of three North Americans known to be detained in North Korea. The U.S. has no embassy in Pyongyang, and its interests are represented by Sweden. The U.S. Embassy in Seattle directed questions about the incident to Washington. A very, very interesting case, to say the least. And I certainly don't believe that this United States student deserves 15 years of hard labor or 15 years of prison for simply stealing a poster. It's a little harsh, if you ask me. All right. So we're going to go on to our next story, and a student was grazed by a bullet in Hoffman High School shooting in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham police say one student was grazed in the hand by a bullet during a shooting outside Hoffman High School on Tuesday afternoon. The student was taken to St. Vincent's East Hospital. He was not seriously hurt. A 19-year-old who opened fire outside Hoffman High School has been arrested and is in Birmingham Police custody. Birmingham Police Lieutenant Sean Edwards confirmed that no one was hurt in the shooting, which caused the school to be placed on lockdown. Edwards said around 2.20 p.m. or 2.30 p.m. Tuesday, a few male students got into a fight. One of the students called his older brother, a 19-year-old, who is not a Hoffman student. The older brother showed up at the school, got out of his car, an older model Chevy, and began to recklessly discharge his gun outside the school near a field house, Edwards said. Edwards said the targeted student had to run for his life to escape the gunfire. The shots were fired during a class transition period, and several other students were outside at the time. Edwards said two of the Hoffman School Resource Officers on campus responded and immediately engaged with the 19-year-old suspect. One of the officers fired shots at the suspect, but the suspect was not hit or injured. The officers chased the suspect, tackled him, and arrested him. He is now in police custody. His name has not yet been released. Keep in mind, if this individual had jumped out of his car and recklessly started discharging his firearm, he was an active shooter. And so, at that moment, lives were at stake, okay? And so, our officers are trained professionals, and so he literally had to engage, and so his firearm, he did discharge his firearm, Edwards said. Edwards said they were fortunate to have two officers on the campus who were immediately able to respond to the shooting. It was a great thing to have Birmingham police at this school. I would tell you that lives were saved today. We're grateful that the situation wasn't worse than it actually was, Edwards said. Police said the officer who fired a shot at the suspect was taken to the hospital as part of their policy, but he only had scrapes and bruises. 
parents were directed to the west side of the school to pick up their children. Students were dismissed around 3.35 p.m. Birmingham City Councilor LaShonda Scales, whose district includes Hoffman High School, said she was very disturbed by the shooting, but thankful school resource officers were on campus. That's one of the reasons why the council was so determined to keep resource officers in the Birmingham City School system. This is an isolated incident at Hoffman High School. Nevertheless, a life could have been lost today, Scales said. Scales is encouraging parents to send their students back to school on Wednesday, which was today. What we don't want to do is to subscribe to fear. We're not going to fear criminals, Scales said. The counselor also commended the Birmingham Police Department on how quickly they responded to the school, saying that their actions saved lives. And kudos to the police department and the police at the school for saving lives. And thank God nobody was killed in this school shooting. All right. So now on to our next story. Troopers, one killed and three seriously injured in Orange City crash. One person was killed and three others seriously injured in a crash in Orange City early Sunday morning, according to Florida Highway Patrol. Troopers say at approximately 5 a.m., two cars collided at the intersection of State Road 472 and North Kentucky Ave, County Road 4101, when one of the cars ran a red light. The car illegally driving through intersection was struck on its right side and overturned. The car's driver, Jessica Winnett, 33, of Dillon Springs, died from injuries sustained in the crash at Central Florida Regional Hospital. The driver of the car that ran the light, Chaz Cummings, 20 years old, from Lake Hullen, was also rushed to the Central Florida Regional Hospital after the crash. Cummings is currently lifted in critical condition. Two of the three passengers in Cummings' car, Lauren Goose, 19 years old, and Shelby Snyder, 21, were taken to Hellfix Medical Center for treatment for their injuries. They are currently listed in serious condition. The car's final passenger, Jay Kelcher, 18 years old, was taken to Florida Hospital D-Land and treated for minor injuries. Charges against Cummings are pending as the crash remains under investigation. All right. Keith Emerson's death ruled a suicide, coroner confirms. Keyboardist Keith Emerson died on March 10th due to a self-inflicted gunshot wound, the Los Angeles coroner's official confirmed on Tuesday, according to the Associated Press. He was 71 years old. 
Los Angeles coroner spokesman Ed Winter ruled Emerson's death a suicide after an autopsy proved the late rock star shot himself in the head. Winter also stated Emerson had a heart condition. He was found on March 11th in the early hours with one gunshot wound to the head. Santa Monica police previously investigated the death as self-inflicted. Emerson was one-third of the 60s rock group Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, with singer Greg Lake and drummer Carl Palmer. The band confirmed Emerson's death on their Facebook page. We regret to announce that Keith Emerson died last night at his home in Santa Monica, Los Angeles, age 71. We ask that the family's privacy and grief be respected, the post read. So let's go ahead and give a moment of silence for keyboardist Keith Emerson, who died last week. All right, on to our next story, which is going to be intriguing and interesting to all of the video game enthusiasts out there, especially those of you who love PlayStation. PlayStation VR launching in October for $399. That's right, in October of this year, PlayStation VR is launching. From PlayStation.com, and I quote, With the annual Game Developers Conference in full swing, I'm pleased to give you an exciting update on PlayStation VR. Today, we are announcing that the PlayStation VR headset will launch in October of this year for a suggested retail price of United States dollars, $399 and Canadian dollars, $549. That is a bit later than the time frame we previously stated, and I want to thank everyone for their patience and continued support. PlayStation VR represents a transformative experience in gaming, and we wanted to take the time needed to launch with a broad variety of content and a sufficient supply of hardware. We are beyond excited to deliver to consumers the amazing experience that PSVR offers. I am also pleased to reveal the final consumer version of PSVR, including all of the contents that will come in the package. Today, more than 230 developers are building content for PlayStation VR from smaller independent teams to larger studios at the industry's top publishers. We expect to have more than 50 games available from launch in October 2016 until the end of the year. Of course, the full promise of PlayStation VR will continue to grow over time as talented developers create new experiences and new genres that wouldn't be possible outside of VR. The future looks bright indeed. Additionally, 
the play uh, the playroom VR from our very own Japan Studio will be available as a free download from PlayStation Store for all PSVR owners at launch. The Playroom VR will include six games that can be enjoyed with friends and family, demonstrating why we believe VR can be an impactful experience when it's shared. With PlayStation VR, the future of gaming is almost here. We're excited to share more with you as we head into launch later this year. I, for one, cannot wait for PSVR. I have no idea what PlayStation VR is, but I must tell you I love PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, so I can't wait to see what PSVR is, and I might, I just might buy PSVR in October. So now we're going to go to a little bit of sports news here. Adam LaRoche appears ready to call it a career. Adam LaRoche, a veteran of 12 seasons of Major League Baseball and slated to make $13 million this year, walked into the White Sox clubhouse Tuesday morning and shocked the organization by letting his teammates know in a lengthy meeting that he intends to retire. Adam LaRoche informed the team of his intentions to step away from baseball after sleeping on the decision overnight. During the clubhouse meeting, his teammates and others implored him to give it a couple of more days before he decides to hang it up and call it a career. I want to sleep on it again, LaRoche told reporters Tuesday, as quoted in the Chicago Sun-Times. I didn't come in Monday because I wanted to make sure it was the right move and not make an emotional decision. I'm confident it is. Out of my respect for these guys and General Manager Rick Hahn, they asked me to give it a day or two to confirm. For Hahn's part, you can count him among those who were surprised by LaRoche's decision. And despite universal sentiment in the organization that they'd love for him to reconsider, Hahn doesn't expect that to be the case at this point. Obviously, we were surprised by Adam's decision today, but after extensive conversations with him between us and he and his coaches and he and his teammates, you have to be respectful of the guy and understand his perspective and where he's coming from, Han said. We'll make adjustments and move on. LaRoche's announcement came as the 36-year-old is attempting to come back from back spasms that knocked him out of a March 6 Cactus League game. He had been slated to return to the lineup Monday, but did not, with White Sox manager Robin Vitera saying he just needed another day. But as LaRoche sat at his corner locker in street clothes, as his teammates stretched for the day, bigger news was on the horizon. Later Tuesday afternoon, LaRoche tweeted, Thank you, Lord, for the game of baseball and for giving me way more than I ever deserved. Family first. 
I think anything, I, I think any time something like that happened this spring, it takes everybody back a bit, Ventura said. I was surprised. I was hoping he'd stick us through and continue on with us. He's a man of principle, and he made his mind up. I respect him for that. LaRoche signed a two-year, $25 million deal to come to the White Sox last year, and he'll be leaving behind the $13 million he was scheduled to make in 2016 once he officially retires. So it's kind of sad to see a great pitcher retire. All right, our next story is kind of weird, but it's going to make you say, what the hell? Kellogg Cereal. Investigation underway after a graphic video. A criminal investigation is underway after a video surfaced online showing a man urinating on a Kellogg factory assembly line, the company said. The company says it learned of the video Friday and immediately alerted law enforcement authorities and regulators. A criminal investigation is being conducted by the United States Food and Drug Administration's Office of Criminal Investigation, the company said. A representative for the FDA did not immediately respond when asked for comment. The graphic video shows a man urinating on an assembly line, then panning to a sign with the Kellogg logo. Kellogg said its own investigation determined the video was recorded at its Memphis, Tennessee factory in 2014. It is extremely important to note that any products that could be potentially impacted would be very limited and past their expiration dates, the company said. It says the products that were potentially impacted included Rice Krispie Treats, granola clusters used in some products, and puffed rice treats that it no longer makes. We are outraged by this completely unacceptable situation, and we will work closely with authorities to prosecute to the full extent of the law the company said. Kellogg said it is working to identify the individual in the video. Very, very shocking. Makes you think twice about buying Kellogg cereal, doesn't it? Although it did happen two years ago. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take our commercial break here on the Weekly News Hour, March 16th edition. And when we come back, we're going to have some more news to share with you. And we're also going to share uh, weather around the United States of America. Now, during this commercial break, we are going to hear two songs. The first song we're going to hear is called Let It Rock. And the second song is sung by The Script. So let's enjoy this commercial break with our music and our infomercials. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you dare go anywhere, because up next we've got more news and weather and news for the American Variety Network. Coming up next, next. More news and weather around the United States of America, plus news for the American Variety Network. Hey, 
Jack all alone in my local bar 
got into this mad situation Only doing things out of frustration Trying to make it work, but man, these times are hard You need me now, but I can't seem to find the time I got a new job now on the unemployment line And we don't know how How we got into this mess is a God's test Someone help us cause we're doing our best Trying to make it work and man these times are hard But we're gonna stop by drinking old tea bottles of wine Just talking up all night Same things we haven't for a while Why, yeah Smiling but we're close to tears Even after all these years We just now got the feeling that we're meeting For the first Quality products such as live sand for saltwater aquariums, which will help cycle your aquarium. 
Life Rock, the best and safest alternative to Live Rock without the unwanted pets. The best line of aquarium chemicals for both fresh and salt water. Next time you need quality products for your tank, give Caribbean a try. Check us out at Caribbean.com. Saltwater fish keepers, are you looking to purchase a new saltwater fish, a new coral, or some new saltwater inverts? Would you like to receive a 15% discount? Well, now you can. Aqua Alex, American Variety Network, and Blue Zoo Aquatics are now offering you 15% off your order with Blue Zoo Aquatics. By simply using the code AVN coupons, all capital letters. So the next time you order from Blue Zoo Aquatics, enter the coupon code AVN coupons, all in capital letters. This promotion lasts from now until the end of March. So make sure you save. 15% off your next order with Blue Squad. Next Saturday, March 19th, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, it'll be our next episode of Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli. Our special guest will be Crayfish Man James Jones. James Jones returns to the American Variety Network for the first time in 2016. Plus, our featured recipe in Cooking on Saturdays next week will be chicken fried steak. Plus, I'll answer your questions in next week's edition of Ask Away with Alice Cardinelli. Email your questions to alicegoyankeescardinelli19 at gmail.com. Don't miss our funny phone calls, funny audio clips, and all of our great segments on next Saturday, Saturday Live with Dallas Cardinelli. We'll see you on Saturday, March 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's the Easter Bunny, Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to join me on Easter morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific, as I celebrate Easter with all of you, my listeners, live right here on American Variety Network. I'll discuss the history of Easter. I'll give out some good Easter recipes. And I'll talk about some things that an Easter bunny would talk about. Happy Easter, everyone. And join me, Easter bunny, Alice Cardinelli, live Easter morning, Sunday, March 27th, at 9 a.m. Eastern, for a special Easter 2016 broadcast. Welcome back to the American Variety Network on Blog Talk Radio, the one and only podcast for hardworking Americans that has a show for everyone. 
Now let's get back to the show. Here is your host, Alex Cardinali in the Springfield, Massachusetts studio. You are tuned into the Weekly News Hour. Alex is going to recap the latest in this week's current news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Plus, he will take a blast from the past, and we will all learn about this day in history. So let's get this news station started. The News Hour is ready for blast off, starting now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Weekly News Hour, March 16th. Here, live on American Variety Network. Before our commercial break, of course, I was giving out some of this week's news. And now I'm going to continue giving out some news for this week. And then I'm going to discuss the weather for tomorrow and some news for the American Variety Network. So, let's get right back into the news. Starbucks' new Frappuccino flavor is like spring in a cup. Spring may not have officially arrived quite yet, but Starbucks is getting us in the spirit with their new seasonal beverage, the Cherry Blossom Frappuccino. The pink frozen drink will be available for an extremely limited time from March 15th to March 20th, which is the first day of spring. So hurry, you only have a five-day window. The Frappuccino is inspired by the pink cherry blossoms, a symbol of spring, and the Sakura blossom and strawberry Frappuccino, that's available in the chain's Japanese locations. Despite its name and pink color, there are no actual cherry blossoms involved. The drink is a blend of strawberries and cream, striped with white chocolate sauce and matcha drizzle, and topped with whipped cream and more matcha. Sounds like a very good drink, and it sounds like I, along with you, my listeners, will be heading to Starbucks to try this drink. Now into political news. Donald Trump drives Rubio from race, and Hillary Clinton gets four wins. It's looking ever more like Trump versus Clinton in the fall, with some smudges left on that crystal ball, however. Hillary Clinton blunted Bernie Sanders' drive in the last Democratic primaries, extending a delegate lead that is starting to look unaccessible. Donald Trump, too, power ahead in the delegate race, knocking Republican rival Marco Rubio out of the 2016 campaign. Yet he's a divisive figure in the party whom many want to stop by denying him a majority of delegates. 
if at all possible, in the primaries and thrusting the fight into an extraordinary contested convention in December. A look at the race after five big states voted Tuesday. The math. After winning Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, and Illinois, Clinton now has a total of at least 1,561, including superdelegates. That's 66% of the total needed to win the Democratic nomination. Sanders has at least 800. It takes 2,383 to win the Democratic nomination. Many of the Democratic delegates at stake Tuesday remain to be allocated pending more complete vote totals and results in Illinois and Missouri, where races with Saunders were close. But essentially, she has a more than two-to-one lead with superdelegate support in the mix. Trump passed the halfway mark in the race for GOP delegates, with a total of at least 621 was his gains in Tuesday's contest. Ted Cruz has at least 396 delegates. John Keshi has 138, and Rubio left the race with 168. It takes 1,237 delegates to win the Republican nomination for president. Not all delegates have been allocated, but Trump took the biggest prize of the night, Florida, collecting all 99 delegates in that winner-take-all election. He also won Illinois and North Carolina while fighting with Cruz late in the night for Missouri. The past, John Kissich won Ohio, the state he governs, earning all 56 delegates. But it was his first win deep in the primaries, and he has no plausible path to the nomination is what's left of that delegate selection season. Only Texas Senator Ted Cruz does, and that's a distinct long shot. The prime suspense among Republicans now is whether the brutal fight will go all the way to convention for the first time in decades. The exit. Florida was Rubio's last chance to turn the race around, and his loss closed the book on a campaign that had held much promise but repeatedly underperformed. In withdrawing from the race, Rubio said the forces of disaffection that have propelled Trump are a tsunami, and we should have seen this coming. The surveys. Donald Trump won Florida by sweeping nearly all categories of voters, men and women, rich and poor, the highly educated, and those without college degrees, according to exit polls. His strengths with Florida's educated Republican voters stood out from his performance in states, including North Carolina and Illinois, where he won with a coalition of white, less educated, and lower-income voters. Widespread support from black voters powered Clinton's victories in Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. 
In her strongest dates, Tuesday night, voters surveyed were more likely to say her policies were realistic than those of her opponent. Saunders appealed to voters looking for inspiration. Republican voters were on board for, with Trump's call for a temporary ban on non-U.S. citizen Muslims coming into the country, according to early surveys of voters as they left polling stations. Two in three GOP voters in all five states supported that position. But majorities in all five said people in the U.S. illegally should be given a chance to stay, not all deported as Trump proposes. Democratic voters in all five states see Clinton as the candidate with a better chance to beat Trump if he is the Republican nominee, the exit polling found. The voters. I'm hoping Trump, with his big rubber lips, will say, look, there's a way around this. Joe Herzog, a 76-year-old retired carpenter from Bonville, Missouri, who hopes Trump will keep the U.S. out of foreign entanglements. Herzog, a two-time voter for President Barack Obama, voted for Trump. It was very close between them. I just don't think Bernie has the experience at that top level of government to have as much clout as Hillary. Plus, his plan is still a little foggy. He has never really come out, and you know, his numbers don't seem to add up all the time. James Barber, 46 years old, a car salesman from Bonville, Missouri, on which he backed Clinton. All right, so now that is the news for this week. And now we're going to get into the weather around the United States of America for tomorrow. So this is for Thursday. And we're looking at the following temperatures for these following cities tomorrow. It's going to be 47 degrees in New York tomorrow, 49 degrees in Washington, D.C., 53 degrees in Atlanta, 65 degrees in Orlando, 69 degrees in Miami, 69 degrees in New Orleans, 65 degrees in San Antonio, 54 degrees in Dallas, 45 degrees in St. Louis, 41 degrees in Chicago, 36 degrees in Omaha, 35 degrees in Minneapolis, 38 degrees in Albuquerque, 28 degrees in Denver, 28 degrees in Billings, 34 degrees in Boise, 36 degrees in Seattle, 51 degrees in San Francisco, and 58 degrees in Los Angeles tomorrow. So it's safe to say that spring is on its way for the majority of the country. Unfortunately for people in Denver, Billings, and Seattle, you are still experiencing a little bit of uh, cold, but spring is on its way for you as well really, really quickly. So on every weekly news hour, I'm going to review the next day in weather because it's, it's kind of hard for me to preview the next seven-day forecast because I don't have access 
to seven-day forecasts all around the country. All I have access to is the one day, uh, the next day around the country, unfortunately. So unless that changes, for now, I'm just going to have to uh, preview the next day uh, for weather around the country. All right, the last news I have for you is for the American Variety Network. So what news do I have for you for the American Variety Network? Well, the first news is I'll be hosting my next Saltwater Tropical Fish Chat live tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific. So if you are a saltwater fish keeper, you are going to enjoy this show. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about triggerfish. Now, triggerfish are a very popular saltwater fish. So come learn about triggerfish tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I was supposed to debut my Massachusetts theme podcast this past Sunday, but unfortunately, I had been under the weather as I have a stomach bug and a cold, but I'm slowly getting better. So the Mass Effect is going to debut this Friday, and the Mass Effect is going to air every Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, be sure to tune into the Mass Effect if you are a Massachusetts citizen. Special guest is going to be Bon Chen, and I've got Accounting Jimmy's and Donut Dip Business Spotlight and much more. So Massachusetts residents, tune into the Mass Effect this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This Saturday's Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli, live Saturday, March 19th. I've got the Crayfish King, James Jones, as a guest. This will be his first podcast appearance for me in 2016. As you guys know, I have a long history with James Jones. He was a former co-host of mine, and he is a friend of mine, and he'll be a guest on American Variety Network Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli this Saturday to talk about his project that he's doing and much more. I've got a country fried steak recipe in this week's edition of Cooking on Saturdays, and I'll answer your questions and ask away with Alice Cardinelli and much more. And can you guys believe that next weekend is Easter weekend? I've got an Easter-themed Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli on Saturday, March 26th. I'm going to have a discussion on my favorite Easter memories, a discussion on my favorite Easter candy, a discussion on Easter desserts, and an Easter Italian egg bread recipe, as well as funny Easter audio clips and Easter music on the Easter-themed Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli on March 21st. And the Easter morning broadcast, I'm going to have a Easter morning show live at 9 a.m. Eastern on Easter morning. And I, Alice Cardinelli, will turn into the Easter bunny. 
I will have a discussion on the history of Easter and the true meaning of Easter. I'll have a discussion on cooking for Easter, which is going out to eat, Easter recipes, and I'm expecting many people to call in to that show. So join me Easter morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific. All right, guys and gals, I would like to thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of Weekly News Hour here on American Variety Network. Please bear with my voice as I have a little bit of sinuses and uh, cold bothering me, but I have to be here for the show because I love being a podcast host, and I love hosting the American Variety Network. I really hope that you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, and I really appreciate your listening. I will see you next Wednesday for our third episode of Weekly News Hour. I'll see you all on the next episode of the American Variety Network. Good night, everyone.
Plus. I'll answer your questions in next week's edition of Ask Away with Alice Cardinelli. Email your questions to alicegoyankeescardinelli19 at gmail.com. Don't miss our funny phone calls, funny audio clips, and all of our great segments on next Saturday, Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli. We'll see you on Saturday, March 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Variety Network. Alex Cardinale, Jeremy Stelhern, and Donovan Barger would like to say your listen is really appreciated and we hope you enjoyed the show. Head on over to Facebook and hit like on our fan page American Variety Network. Join our group page called American Variety Network Fan Group to post your thoughts on the show or to chat with other members. Have a good night and thanks for listening.